Welcome back to another edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined today by Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger, uh, at least for a little while, uh, before the, this LSU baseball game kicks into to high gear tonight. Um, got a good one for you this week. Uh, we had the football spring game. A lot of good things to, to take away, I think. Um, you know, some things to keep an eye on. But, you know, as, as they all say, you know, it, it was just a spring game. Um, LSU baseball had a series at the box. They did not pull it out. They at least did uh, save face and pull one win out of the series. We'll, we'll touch on that as well. And uh, LSU basketball actually just got a transfer. But before we get on all that, just want to check in with the co-host, see how you guys are doing. So, uh, so how goes it in sunny Baton Rouge? Uh, it's going all right. Um, not too much going on. Just kind of hitting that lull a little bit, I guess. Yeah, doing pretty well. Uh, I think I mentioned on the pod last week, uh, I was in Dallas this whole weekend. So unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the spring game live, but I saw the highlights. Uh, so that was fun. And then I guess it was good that I didn't get to watch the baseball. But I am going to the game uh, tonight, uh, Tuesday against ULM. So by the time this pod is out, the game will be over, most likely. But you may see me on TV there, <laughs> right behind home plate. Yeah, um, trying to get some questions for hopefully from Paul Maneri too, right? It's it's a it's uh -huh. a work plate trip. Cool. Uh, but yeah, before uh, before we touch on uh, baseball anymore, I uh, did want to talk about the spring game because that was this Saturday. A lot of hype around, a lot of I don't know expectations because everyone's wanting LSU to get back to the uh, the Joe Brady days, and so I think that was the ex expectations for you know for a lot of people looking at the offense, uh, especially the players. You know, they were kind of you know, wanting to show more than they did last year, obviously. And I don't know, I think uh, for, for what it was worth, I, I think they did just that. It did look like a Joe Brady offense to me for the most part. Um, you know, you could break down each uh, team or, or QB, however you want to look at it individually. But I, I think the offense as a whole kind of looked like a, you know, an old Joe Brady offense. So hopefully something to build on there. I mean, most of these guys have played under it. So hopefully we can... Uh, pick it up pretty easily under Jake Peets, but yeah, I don't know, Tommy. I mean, would you uh, would you agree? Would you say that looked like Joe Brady's off offense for for more for you know for what it was being a spring game? Uh, I think it was at least Joe Brady light. I wouldn't yeah. say it was high, super high powered. I mean, the uh, you know they, only, no. they didn't score a touchdown until what end of the second quarter. So, um, although it it did seem to me like they were they were very very confined on both sides of the ball they weren't gonna they weren't i, I saw I, I saw they weren't blitzing like uh other than obviously pass rush but there weren't like blitzing linebackers or blitzing dbs um and on the offensive side of the ball first of all they only had one actual running back like who's probably gonna play they only had tyron davis price uh available so the run game was kind of not there um they were missing a lot. They were missing a lot of different people um, just sitting out, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So you didn't get to see that, that aspect. Um, like for instance, Devon, Devonte strong. He was at, he was out. Eli Ricks was out. So um, I feel like we got to see on both sides of the ball. We got to see a little hint of what's coming, but um, definitely wasn't, you know, the, the uh, full on, I, I would only expect better things. But with that being said, I was still impressed. I think there were a lot of, uh, you know, kind of fun highlights to see, to see, especially on the offense side of the ball. Um, some some 
encouraging things. Looks a little bit better from last year. Yeah, I think one of the fun things about the spring game is getting to see players you don't normally uh, get to see on the field kind of take a crack at things because you're getting down in the second, third, and like even four string guys. Like they had, um, what was his name? Nick Demas was like the, the number two running back. Yeah, number two running back. And I had never even heard of this guy. He has no bio on <laughs> yeah, the he does, sports. He's a man of mystery. And they, they literally like crafted him out of thin air and plugged him in. But I guess it's good for him that he gets some carries. I think the I the, bet that was like the coolest thing ever for him. Yeah, right? for sure. yeah, for sure. Because I mean, probably a walk-on athlete like getting to play in the spring game. Rudy, but I think, Rudy. <laughs> he he only had seven carries for eighteen yards, so he didn't exactly tear it up. But uh, at least he was out there. I think one of the main takeaways is that Max Johnson probably QB one right now, kind of followed by Miles Brennan. You think so? Yeah, and then TJ and, and Nussmeyer a little bit farther back. Maybe y'all or disagree with that a little bit. I don't know. I, think I mean, just that, going off what Coach O said, he said Max Johnson was QB1 for, you know, that's who's going to take most of the starting. Uh, I, I don't know. I would say it's, I'd say Miles Brennan's QB1A, uh, Max is 1B, and then everyone else is however you would rank them. Uh, but I'd say Max and Miles are, uh, I don't know, they're fairly comparable. Uh, you know, Garrett's just, just coming out of the gates, obviously, from high school and, uh, definitely some definitely see some hard arm talent there mm-hmm. uh but yeah, that guy can sling it yeah you can uh but oh my goodness can he sling it everywhere too much um yeah <laughs> he threw what three picks yeah yeah and you know tj i don't know i feel uh, i kind of feel for him because uh, you know we all had high high hopes for him but uh i'd say he's he's definitely probably third um he's got i think he's got a leg up on uh, Garrett right now just because he's already been there but also he wasn't just so like, you know just eager to prove himself out while he was out there so uh, but yeah TJ did not have the greatest day um, but I, I don't know man you, you could say it was that but uh, you know the Tigers defense showed showed really showed really good uh, secondary and I, I don't know I, I don't know if we should have expected to see that or if it's just a matter of you know a rusty or a still offage trying to still you know, kind of break in schemes, but uh, I mean, the defense looked really good. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just DBU back there. Um, but I, I don't know. Is that, again, is that just, is that just a spring game thing or is, you know, is it, uh, I know it wasn't quite a Joe Brady offense, but I think, you know, we, we can't compare it to 2019 because, you know, it's not the same players, even if it was Joe Brady's exact offense again, you know, it's uh, asking for Joe Brady and exactly Jamar Chase with, Justin Jefferson and all those players all combined again, it's just not going to happen. You know, it's just, it's a different team. It's going to look different. Yeah. Same, same object objective, but uh, it's just, it's just going to look different. And uh, I don't know. I, I think they'll have mostly figured out by the fall, but long ways to go still. Well, you saw, you, you saw a lot of the, the kind of keys that um, we came to know in 2019 as being part of the quote, Joe Brady offense. Like, uh, Demas or uh, not really. I didn't see too much of, of price doing it, but definitely Demas uh, motioning from the backfield to playing like a flanker wide receiver type role. And then also starting there in the formation, then motioning back either across the formation or going back to uh, the typical running back uh, position right next to the quarterback. You know, that was something that we got really, really used to seeing with Clyde and uh, a little bit with Chris Curry, uh, John Emery, a little bit. And so they've definitely implemented those concepts. Um, I, I 
I would imagine that Pete's has some some thoughts of you know thoughts of his own that he's going to put into. Um, the only thing is that like like I said, you're not. We I don't think we saw anything that would really blow our socks off just because that's not you know this is a, it was base versus base it was dive and uh slants and post you know a post wheel or something like that you know uh post slant or, or something anyway it was it was just very very basic plays and basic formations because it, it really they don't they don't need to show everything they don't need to be playing they don't need to whip out the entire playbook i think that the as far as the quarterbacks go um I don't know. I feel like I do feel like Max is Max has the higher ceiling. I think we kind of know what we're going to get from Miles. The only thing is, of course, we thought that that we we thought we knew what we'd get from Joe after one year, and then he blew us all out of water. Um, I do think that Max has the higher ceiling, though, and I think that that he is probably QB one. I think he's he's going to be the one to start. Um. But I don't think that I don't think he was I don't think he was definitively the best quarterback on the field. Mm-hmm. I don't think he blew it. I don't think anyone blew anyone out of the water. Yeah, I think both, he, they both made good plays and they both made mistakes. Yeah, like you know, I think Miles had a had a did he have an interception? No, no, I'm sorry. I think Max Max had an interception, right? He did. Yeah, um, you know, Max had an interception. Now he threw it. He threw it. Uh, he threw a bunch of nice balls. He threw one. Uh, where he just absolutely dropped it in a bucket to, I think it was John Trey Kirkland, who was all over the field. Uh, uh, of course, that's wide receiver, so a little bit different. But uh, yeah, Max had a lot of good balls thrown. And, but if you look at the stat sheet, Miles Brennan had more yards thrown. Now, I will say Miles Brennan's touchdown to uh, to uh, Butte. I feel like that was kind of a. Yeah, it came on the fake spike at the end the of the fake, first half. It was kind of a I don't the defense know, kind of coach is like standing there. Yeah, defense is like standing. He's doing a fake spike. He hurls it up there, and Butte makes a play that looks a lot like a guy who used to wear number one for LSU, Jamar Chase, and just goes up and gets it. And you could say, well, hey, we're going to do that in the game, and so he'll go up and get it against Alabama, and that's great. But I think that Max had slightly better pure quarterback play. Um, but I don't think he was by any means the all out, all out winner. And I, and I would not be surprised if, if, uh, miles beat him, you know, ended up being the starter cause he beat him out of camp. I don't think that's going to happen though. I won't be surprised, but I, if I had to bet right now, I think I'd bet on max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there is one, one thing that he has, it's, it's just Joe's maneuverability, uh, Burrow's maneuverability. That's true. Cause there was that one play, I think it was his, his first touchdown pass to, uh, to, to to Butte where he like kind of stepped up in the pocket and then the uh, the player is darting left across the field it looked like that third and seventeen at Texas that's just oh. it just looked like it, the exact same thing to me he just stepped up made the play guy was wide open caught it ran it down of course oh, uh, wait that was that was the one where they called it back right was yeah, there like some flag on the play yeah that was weird to me but um yeah you're right that did look like the third and seventeen play. So yeah, just some, some flashes of it. And obviously, you know, the, the guys are in space, they'll make plays and he, you know, he made a couple of guys miss, which is what I think will benefit whoever's a QB, you know, cause uh, you know, we'll, we'll, it's still kind of wait to see, I think what we for sure have it running back. Were there, uh, were there any other players that kind of stood out to y'all is an impressive one for me. It was like Josh Ray Kirkland mm-hmm. because like 
we lost Harris Marshall and Racing McMath. And then Kajon Butte kind of already emerged as like number one wide receiver. And we're like, who are we going to split across from him? And he had a big game, mm-hmm. well, over 150 yards, two TDs. So if he can fill that role, then that'll help out whoever gets in a quarterback a lot because we know Butte can catch the ball and, and coin more, but uh, there's kind of a fleet of guys after that. And just like, who's going to step we have up? A, we've got a lot of talented guys, but we don't have that one two three four mm-hmm. who's clear and we don't have that clear uh you know this guy's the speed guy this guy is the go up and get it out body out out athlete the db and this mm-hmm. guy is this guy's the tall guy you know what i mean we have a lot of like basically the same guys that are just very very similar but they're all great um i, I agree i think kirkland was good uh i think on the defensive side of the ball uh mclaughlin looked good yeah um and and there was a lot of and I think Jay Ward looked good too moving to safety. That was something to look at. He had some good tackles, some some big hits. Yeah, one pick too. He had a pick, yeah. So I think that that was the the defense. Of course, the defensive backs are something that we were a little bit concerned about just because we're supposed to be DBU. We got the best DB in America. Basically, we had the best two DBs in America. You could argue, you know, if if they play, if they both play to their full potential every every game we have, we should have the be- the two best two in America. Um, you wanted to see what Durante Jones would do with them. And I think that they looked good. I think that the, the move of, of Ward to safety seems to be working out and the, uh, the move of, of McLaughlin to, I guess the nickel position, um, that, that seems to be working too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you asked who we thought stood out that, I mean, you, you just, to said who I was going to say is uh, Jay Ward. And uh, yeah, it was a good switch. I was, you know, concerned. Cause like, wow, we, that's right. We have, uh, you know, like you said, the two best DBs in America, but like, who, who do we have at safety? He, you know, it's like Todd Harris. Um, but uh, Jay Ward looks, looks pretty, pretty comfortable back there. So that's, that's kind of a relief. Um, but the, the D line looked good too. I don't know if that's because the offensive line is not like, you know, settled yet, but um the, the D line looks looked pretty good. You know, they had a bunch of <laughs> they had a bunch of sacks. Um OJ got back there a lot too. Um but yeah, I don't know how much you can take from a spring game, but um I don't know. It was, it was entertaining. You know, that's what you want. Yeah, and hopefully the rest of those guys that did sit out can get healthy and be ready for the fall camp is really kind of ramp up and see what the depth chart actually looks like. Because like, you kind of wonder what if the defense would have been even better with Eli Ricks and like bug strong and, and the others who sat out. Um, and then you miss like John Emery, like see him compete with Ty Davis price, that type of deal. Well, and then of course also the, uh, the, the freshman coming in. Yes. You want to see Corey Kiner. I want to see Chris Hilton. I want to see Brian Thomas. Yeah. Or like Jack Besh, Jack Besh. In the slot of the tight end position. Matthew they, didn't, they didn't get too much work for the tight ends. Um, and then I, uh, I will say, you know, Daniel, you said you missed seeing Bug Strong, which I did too. But um, I guess it was 59. I thought it was 58 the whole time. This guy, Desmond Little, he looked pretty good at linebacker. You see that? He, he, I think he's the one who had the pick. Um, okay. You didn't see him? He, he was on the I, I, white I team. The, I'm like, Daniel, I didn't get to see the whole thing. I just oh, you saw didn't? the highlights. Well, this guy was a guy who I, I was like, who is this guy? I just knew him by his number. I was like, oh, there's, I kept thinking it was 58, but it must be 59. Cause I don't see a 58 on the, on the stat sheet, but he looked good to me. You know, he looked like a guy who was standing out and, and I was like, oh, he could, he could play linebacker for us. Yeah. yeah of course, yeah. you never know once 
because everything's different in a controlled environment like that. But he looked impressive. So depth depth at linebacker is something that's challenged us. And maybe, maybe you know, Mr. Desmond Little can provide a little bit of help. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Very nice. Um, and speaking of uh, a, a little bit of help, uh, I think LSU baseball needs some. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, was that all? Was that all we had from the spring game? Uh, I, I just I was trying to take a take a, a segue just like he did, but um, I don't I don't know if we we're truly ready to move on. I think that was mostly. I'm not quite sure on the the practice timeline if they're going to take a little bit off like the summer before they go into the fall camp. I know they're always going to be working out on something, uh, but right. Yeah, I think we usually see them ramp up towards like July. July, and then that's when things really get cracking. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then August, if they're not already there, they're going to be showing up on campus. And my goodness, they'll be we'll be right in the on the the crest of the season. I will say August. just a, just a little little breaking news that may or may not break later tonight. Um, <laughs> right now, Blake Rufino at AYS is. I think he's basically teasing that uh, there's going to be an announcement on Eric Gilbert towards to LSU. You saying Mm -hmm. that Eric Gilbert is going to be coming to LSU or returning? I guess I think so. Yeah. Well, he's going to be transferring back. Something to watch. I don't know. I I, I don't. You know. I don't know what all that means. But (laughs) we talk about this every week. Well, (laughs) I just want to put it out there. I'm just. I'm just reporting the news. Fair enough. Don't shoot the messenger. Got it. Um, but uh, just to get back on to get back on track, <laughs> like LSU baseball tried to do this weekend against South Carolina, um, they took game one, five to one, looked really good, and you know it looked like they were going to take game two as well. And it was they only played that first game on Thursday, and then uh, it was a rainout on Friday, so they had to play two. Uh, two games back-to-back on uh, Saturday, two seven-inning games. And, man, it looked like they were going to just try and sneak away with that 2-0 win and the series win. But uh, LSU's pitching just – I don't know, they just – Marceau just couldn't hold on in that last inning, and uh, they exploded for like four runs, and that was the decider. And then LSU just – I I don't know. I guess what seems seems to happen, you know, so far this season is, you know, there's one game where they just – they meaning, uh, you know, I guess the offense, the, they just do not show up and they didn't. So South Carolina took game three pretty handily. I think it was like nine to zero. Uh, but I don't know, man. I, I'd say Marceau looked really good in, in his outing. He established himself as like the ace of the staff. I think we already knew that, but like uh, it's like the where, where he came from, like just in the last few weeks to throw – uh, to throw those seven innings that he did, and he just had what, like, fourteen strikeouts or something. Just uh, you know, personal best. It was it was awesome. Um, I, I'm so glad that he was able to get a win with that, and it wasn't squandered. Um, I think he was like the national player of the week or something this year. This he was, week. He yeah, was. he was. Yeah, um, and yeah, I don't know what else to say. I, I wish we had one to two more of him because uh, the next two games. I mean, the LSU was in the second game. Uh, Labas pitched pitched great. Uh, you know, he had a he. It was you know he had a shutout until until they exploded in the uh, in the seventh inning. So, 
Yeah, I just know. left him in, left him in a little bit too long, and then he took two on him, and then Fontenot came in and gave him two more. I feel like Fontenot has kind of choked not a lot of games, but a decent amount this season. And he's supposed to be kind of the reliable gas thrower in the closer, and he always gets shaky, starts walking people, and then he puts you in a terrible situation. Uh, and then Blake Money didn't have a great outing on in the last one. So we really need that third starter, which is the, the pain of not having Jaden Hill is already starting to show. I, I just I- – just think we need to be a little bit honest with ourselves like this this team is just not very good <laughs> right right and so what about this what about this check me on this strategy uh just moving forward what if paul maneri like his friday starter was i don't know blake money his saturday starter was lavas and then his or yeah and then his sunday starter was marcel so because that's usually like if we're playing a really good team that's our best shot at it yeah yeah yeah, you know, I don't know. I'm just just spitballing here, but seriously, um, see, I like, like I money. like that. I, I like that thinking. I like the idea of the. <laughs> the oh, it's almost it. money. It's almost a money ball way of looking at it. Like, right. how what can I do to? Okay, you know, to to take what they can give me. But to be honest with yourself and say, look, we're not going to go out there every single day and be able to give give the best teams of the SEC a, a, a real competitive game. So let's try to steal some games from them every way we can. I like that way of thinking. I would do the same thing. I agree with you, Scott. Maneri will never do it. Ever. Never. He's going to, he's going to send out like he's going to make, he made this, you know, he made the, it's almost like he made the roster and in, in fall in the fall. And he made the, the rotation in the fall. And he was like, okay, like Hills one, Marceau's two, Labes three. We're going to go with that. <laughs> like, okay. You know, Oh, the schedule says that uh, we're playing Ole Miss on a Friday. Well, Marceau is our Friday guy. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter that that you're going to be going against like the, the one of the best pitchers in the whole in all of baseball. That's just that's just the way the schedule fell. So I guess we're going to do it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So now they're up to four and eleven in SEC play. And I was I listened to something that we're talking about the last time LSU missed the postseason was a uh, 2011. And that year they were 13 and 17 in conference play. So to even match that record, we have to go nine and six over the remaining games and we still have Arkansas and Ole Miss on the schedule who are both pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so things are looking tough. And he was saying that right now you're fighting for a postseason birth, which is pretty much the situation. Oh yeah. Like there's a pretty good chance that we miss the postseason entirely unless we get on a hot streak, which can happen, but it doesn't seem like there's that much gas in the tank right now. <laughs> pull, pull the schedule down. Or they'll end up like they did a few years ago and they'll end up as at someone else's uh, regional like Oregon state. Uh, you know, it's like, they're going to have to travel across country. Uh, they're gonna have to go up to the Northeast or something, you know, just something crazy like that. So we've got, yeah, they have Ole Miss, Arkansas, Auburn, Alabama, Texas A&M left. So pretty much all the sec West foes and none of them are Ole Miss ranked number 12 currently. And the rest are, are unranked. I thought Arkansas was pretty good unless they've fallen off a little bit. Um, Maybe they did. They oh, were no, they're, no, they're, Arkansas they're not, number one. They're number one in the country. Never <laughs> mind. Uh, so you're hoping to maybe take one out of three in those games. We're getting swept against Arkansas. I would, I would imagine. So you're going to have to, um, yeah, just hope to squeeze out some, some sweeps or something later on in the season. To the only, get the only good news is that Arkansas is at home. I feel like the Arkansas series and the Ole Miss series, they look like get the brooms out. Does uh does baseball do the same thing as basketball where you get an automatic bid if you win your conference tournament? Uh 
I think so. I mean, how could you not, right? Well, yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily a rule, but I think it's just like if you, if oh, no, oh wait, you mean you mean the thing in Birmingham, the SEC tournament? Yes, yeah, the SEC tournament. I was thinking like, is the only way to make the postseason just to somehow win the SEC tournament? <laughs> unless unless your record your record was like abysmal, because um, otherwise, like, well, but what honestly, what are the odds of like a, a really bad team sweeping? I mean, I guess it could happen. Um, I don't know. Good question. We'll, we'll have to. Yeah, I don't know that, Daniel. That's a good question. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's just, I don't know, looking at the schedule, you just, you, you gotta, you gotta wonder what Paul Maneri's thinking. Like he, I don't know if he's got guys that he can go to, right. Otherwise he would have gone to them already, unless there's just some, some key, some magical combination that he hasn't unlocked, even if it's just by accident. Uh, cause I mean, I don't know. I, I'd like to think that LSU can at least make the postseason, but to, if they didn't make the postseason, then yes, I, th- I think his seat would be hot. But I still think they have it in them. They just—I I don't know. It's like the like that second game, man. If they had just held on for another inning, they'd have won the series, and we'd have a, probably a slightly different conversation. And if they did that with at least three of these series left, I, I think they'd be all right. You know, like Ole Miss, somebody that's ranked. Um, you know, you look at what's happened across the SEC, like. Tennessee, I think, you know, like they took care of Vanderbilt. I think that's why Arkansas is number one right now. Uh, so it's it's like besides the besides the pitching. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but besides no, the pitching, right. like just inconsistency on the hitting. Like we we scored seven runs in three games. I know two of them were shortened, but and all five of those seven came in one game. So it's just struggling to find like pop. And then the whole team seems to kind of get in a slump and they just kind of keep grounding out, flying out, and then just no momentum, leaving runners on base. You can, uh, you can be a team. You could, you could, you could be this LSU team that lost their best pitcher and struggles with consistency in the mound and just beat everyone because you scored so many runs. If we had a big offensive production team, then I mean, we could do it. And that's what we've been known for in some years in the past. In some years, yeah. But I think Maneri, he doesn't – He doesn't. that's not how he coaches. You know, he likes the smaller, hit the ball around the park, uh, kind of – like he's always about small ball. He's always talking he's, – he's, he's got a lot of guys that can bunt. He tries to he, – he tries to get a lot of guys with speed on base. Um, so I, I just feel like, yeah, I, we could be, but that's just not the way our team is. And – so yeah, the inconsistency at, at the plate really, really hurts us when we don't even have when when the pressure is basically on us to score runs because we're not going to have consistent pitching that keeps us in the game. Right, uh, they don't have like good situational hitting. It's like they're they're always there. They're close. They've had so many opportunities with bases loaded, one out or, or no out, and they just uh, they can get they can chip away and get one run. You know, while meanwhile, other teams, you know, that's that's where you just bust it wide open and you, you win nine nothing. Uh, you know, I know LSU's done that with these smaller teams, but, you know, they they have kind of gone through the, the meat grinder of the schedule. Still some more to go. But I, I mean, that's just where the SEC is at. Like we could say all day what, uh, you know, what, what we think LSU could be doing. But, you know, it's just it's just a, it's, it's a brutal conference. And um, I, I think that alone. um I don't know. Just my thought is, you know, like LSU used to be at the top of the recruiting and now all these other teams are, is it just, you know, does just the, has it kind of shifted away from LSU and they have to get it back? I almost feel like that's what it, what it might be. I, I don't know. I mean, you can we say- have, we, we got, we got the guy, we got Dylan Cruz who's 
should have been in the he should be in major league baseball right now so you right. can't say our recruiting's that bad but then you're right it's kind of I, I i heard today on i was watching jordy colada's show and they they were talking about maneri and they said that uh when when he's talked to, when he talks about these these relief pitchers who come in and they're throwing 98 in college he just he was said uh you know i don't know where they find these guys so I guess like maybe the game has or the, the recruiting side of the game has passed him by. I'll be interested to see if this if this transfer portal really affects baseball. Um because maybe maybe that's the answer. Yeah, because there's not too there haven't been too many like I mean we'd have to go back and look, but I don't rec- recall like high profile baseball transfers, right? Football, basketball, yes, but uh, not baseball, but uh, and, and the transfer portal has been a way that I feel like baseball and basketball have a lot more in common as far as roster management and recruiting than football does. Um, and Will Wade has been a guy who's who's really like he's really gone to the portal and and picked up a lot of people and used that to his advantage. So maybe that's a way to you know you can maybe you can find a guy who had I don't know this is a I don't even know. This is an example. Like I'm just making this up, but like hurt his arm in high school, had Tommy John surgery and lost all his D one offers, but then went to like Nichols or went to UTSA and starts throwing 98, 99 because his arm's fine. And he wants to go play in, in, and he's already in college. So he can't go once you're in college, you can't go pro for two years. So, I mean, for three years. So maybe he wants to move on up. He's proven himself at the smaller level and you know he needs to he wants to get out and find a new school and find a a better competition to get himself seen that might be a way that you could um recruit and and piece together really talented players but i don't know yeah i think in the past lsu's gone more of the route of finding like juco like feeder players from like lsu units and that type of and like from those schools instead of looking i guess elsewhere in d1 or Mm -hmm. or I guess the, it's not really the FCS, but like smaller colleges and maybe that's the changing landscape to where the, the best talent is available. You just got to know like where to look and we aren't overturning every stone that may be available to us. Well, that was, I mean, people always used to talk about how uh, LSU E was basically just a minor league team mm-hmm. for LSU. I remember the guy, there's a guy, Scott, who, uh, who went to high school in River in Monroe. He went to Neville. His name was Rafe Rhymes. Remember him? He played for LSU. I remember the name. Yeah. Um, he was a really good player for LSU and he's, I think he's in the majors now, but um, they told him, you know, he, he's, he wasn't ready for to play at LSU his freshman year or his, his senior year when he was being recruited. So they sent him, they said, go to LSU E and play for a year and then, and then we'll take you, you know, if, if you progress and stuff and he, and they, and it did. So you're right, Daniel, that has been maybe the traditional way, but, but, you're right. Maybe the landscape has changed. People aren't aren't as willing to do that anymore, and so maybe the the LSU needs to kind of find a new way to to find that talent. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's something, but like I mean, I mean, they do have good recruiting classes. You know, it's like they've had uh, this this last one. I think they were top five, top three, yeah. something like that. But. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe it's just the de- maybe it's the development. Maybe that's all Maneri. I, I don't know. It's just it's like this, you know, Vanderbilt kind of came out of nowhere, you know, in the last few years, and like they are the top. Uh, it's like the bar. They they're kind of set the bar at least with their you know all around team, but they're they're pitching as well. And I think that's where LSU's at. It's like they had it, 
they had Marceau and Hill, but um, I don't know, even before he got injured, you know, it was still just not quite the level of, you know, Vandy's two starters. You know, it's just, I, I think there's a, a bit of a gap there. Um, but I, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Uh, long season to go still. <laughs> long season to go. Um, but I don't know. I think that's enough uh, Enough beating up of Paul Maneri in the baseball team. Um, <laughs> Uh, but, I mean, speaking of transfers, at least LSU basketball, I mean, they had that exodus of players declaring for the draft. Uh, but at least Will Aids had some come back in to fill to sell some positions. Uh, well, I, I think we mentioned it last week, but um, uh, they got a transfer from Missouri in uh, Xavier Pinson, I think. It, yeah, that's how you say it. Xavier Pinson. Uh, and they actually just got one today uh, from Cincinnati which is in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, Tari Eason, I, I'm guessing that's how you say it. Uh, he was a freshman with Cincinnati last year. He's 6'8", uh, originally from Seattle. He's a four-star, but um, he was actually all freshman team last year at the American Athletic Conference. So uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe some, uh, some, some new blood coming in, you know, easy come, easy go type of thing. But uh, it's good to see that Will Wade's able to get these transfers because um, I don't know, there's like – it's crazy the amount of transfers now at basketball. I think Missouri had six leaving. Iowa had a bunch leaving. It's just crazy with how many people are trying to transfer, but uh, good pickups. Yeah. I don't know if it's determined whether both of these guys are going to be eligible immediately or not. You kind of have to think maybe, probably. Well, now uh, I think that's not even an issue, right? This is their well, first... like the, the free COVID transfer. Well, that well, there's that. But then also with the new rule, like I think that rule on transfers is like immediate. Well, either way, maybe players are kind of seeing LSU with like losing so much talent and plus with the other two guys, Andre Hyatt and Jalen Cook, both transferring out. Like I can move in and start at a D1, maybe not a premier program, but a mid to high level program immediately. Top three in the SEC, I'd say. Right? Yeah. And so they're, they're coming in. So Will Wade's, I'm sure, picking up his phone and like reaching out everywhere saying like, who can we get? And if this continues – maybe this is the future of LSU basketball <laughs> pick up guys from who knows where, like, I mean, we saw that already with Sharif O'Neal and, and Josh LeBlanc were coming in. Uh, maybe, maybe it's that you, you have a class where you go after one Cam Thomas, right? Like a, like a big time player. You put everything into him. Mm-hmm. If you get him, you get him. That's great. If not, maybe, but you, you really try to get him. And then you, you pepper it with a few other guys, some local guys or state guys who, who want to go to LSU. And, you know, they're kind of like the Javante smarts or something like that. And then you fill the rest with, with people you, with whoever you can pick up off the portal. That might be the, the model. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do you think that's why Jalen cook left those? Cause he's like, you know what, what, what about guys like me that, you know, came, wanted to come to this program to be with you and not just transferring for some quick place to play with a, you know, a, a hot coach uh, with a team that could go to the sweet, sweet 16, maybe, maybe more. Uh, I don't even think that, that's why somebody like him would be transferring. Cause he knows, well, Will Wade doesn't see me as like the next man up. He's looking for the next man up in the transfer portal. Yeah, yeah, maybe he he heard the rumors that people were coming in. Uh, it is a little bit weird because you thought he might be the point guard with Javante Smart leaving. Yeah, he he did see less. Running. He did see less playing time than Eric Gaines towards the end of the season, and so maybe that kind of rubbed him the wrong way. But either way, we're going to see a lot of fresh faces uh, for the LSU hoops team next year. That's true. Yeah. 
Indeed. Um, that's pretty much all I had on, on basketball. Uh, not, nothing else has come out yet. Uh, just, you know, we'll wait putting together a good tra transfer class. Maybe that's what we say now instead of recruiting. He's not good at recruiting. He's good at transferring, though, or accepting transfers, however you say <laughs> that. Uh, but, but I don't know. Do you guys have anything else as far as uh, LSU goes? Y'all see that uh, Cincinnati Bengals picture of Joe with a big old scar on his knee? No, I didn't see that. I saw the one of him in like a in like a on a, a throne. Well, that was the picture. Oh, I didn't know, I didn't see the scar. Yeah, he's he's sitting on this like throne. It was during the the reveal of the Bengals like new uniforms, and you can see the scar is probably like eight inches going up and down his knee. Pretty not gruesome looking, but very like definite. Yeah. Uh, on his well, because it's still fresh. It's still fresh. I, I have the exact same scar. Me too. I was and, looking at mine. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, that's something other than not doubting in his abilities. That's something else that Joe and I have in common. Um, but it's it'll look not as bad. Yeah. At least he seems pretty confident in the healing process. So I'm glad to see that. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone seems to be making like they all use this scar to make jokes about Cincinnati and uh, something. Get an O line. You know, get someone to protect him. Uh, so I wonder if that's definitely what they're going to do because that wasn't a good look. I think that's uh, but it. Anyway, though. yeah, that's it. Uh, Daniel, I guess we can uh, let you head on out, man, so you can get ahead of traffic as much as you can since you're going to be enjoying the game at the box. Uh, definitely, definitely wave at the cameras if they they pan towards you yeah well the seats are right behind home plate so if you watch on espn3 you'll probably be able to see me oh yeah um so Sweet. check that out i'll be uh supporting talking tigs if i can get any uh minary quotes or anything i'll let y'all know <laughs> please do see is. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think that'll just about do it for us here on talking tigs tune in next week we'll uh we'll have some more baseball scores uh basketball and football news as well who knows uh, tune in and find out. But until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.